Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wayne Blue. I mean, this this was tough, man. The Raptors lose by a score of 145. That's right. The Raptors give up 145 points. They lose 145 to 113 against Utah Jazz to uh, wrap up their uh, six-game road trip in which they uh, went two and four. Overall, they played well on this road trip, um, but unfortunately, they were not able to get it done against the Clippers, and then the Lakers game uh, stings even more now because you have some of these results. They played well against the Kings as well to start that road trip, but unfortunately, um, well, actually, that wasn't the start of the road trip. They beat Memphis, um, but yeah, I mean, they, they played well against the Kings. Unfortunately, they came up short in that one as well, and in this one, it was evident right from the start that, like, man, Utah is just on a different level. Like, the Raptors, I, I feel good about them. I feel good about the way they're playing. And, and tonight, obviously, they didn't really do that. But um, Utah just came out on a different level of focus, man. Like, I honestly, this is, like, one of the most impressive performances I've seen from any team against the Raptors all season. Um, and this is not to say the Raptors are some sort of, like, bar or, or barometer. I'm not saying that. I just mean that. I've seen the Raptors play like you know at least 25 26 different teams now and the way Utah has come out and we saw the Raptors lose to Utah earlier in Toronto as well but this Utah team is on a roll um they have found something good and just the way they play the team basketball was just really impressive I mean first and foremost they played like with incredible ferocity on the defensive end for a while, the Raptors just couldn't score twos at all. I think a halftime, the Raptors might have had like six total two-point shots made. like, And that's from a team like the Raptors who typically dominate in the paint uh, or at least get out in transition a ton. The The Jazz did both things really well, protect the paint with their help defense, with their size. Um, and then they also really got back in transition against the Raptors. Like, it, it, it's it, it, the Raptors just couldn't score. Like, look, I, I don't. I pretty much don't care what team you are. If you can't score twos, you're going to lose the game, period. Um, you know, what actually, ironically enough, kept the Raptors in the game was three-point shooting. The Raptors were really hot from three for a while, and they finished the night at 17-34. Cool, but um, yeah, I mean, the three-point shot was kind of keeping them in it, but even that second quarter, that the, the you know, the Jazz started to just pull away, pull away, pull away, and um, their offense is just like devastating. I mean, of course they have one-on-one scores who can really get buckets. Clarkson, you know, is just like unconscious at times. And he was the one that led the, the jazz to the victory against Toronto um, a couple weeks ago, but they got multiple guys who can do that. And, and Colin Sexton was the driving force for the starting group and putting so much pressure getting downhill. Chris Dunn did a great job of just like, you know, not necessarily looking to score, but keeping that um, impression and, and putting that uh, pressure on the basket and then kicking out and setting guys up. He did a great job of that defensively. He's quite good. Only played 17 minutes, but had a big impact. Um, Simeone Fontecchio, who I'm sure not a lot of people even know, but yeah, I mean, the Italian was, was awesome um, and was knocking down back-to-back corner three, super contested to start the third quarter, uh, went hard to the basket a couple of times as well, finished. I mean, look, he's a guy who can, you know, imagine if Matt Bonner was athletic. Like, it, it's it, that's what Fontecchio looks like, and he's strong too, going to the basket and finishing through contact. He was great. And then Markinen is Markinen. I mean, 
for a big to be able to be playing off ball that much for a big that can come off an off ball screen and either reject it and get down uh, and, and go back door to catch lobs, which he did multiple times or to use the screen, lift up to the three and then catch and shoot for three instantly. Like that's just hard to guard in any context. It doesn't really matter. And he had a super efficient night, 22 points, nine rebounds. And even when the jazz weren't, you know, flowing on offense to start the game where at least one shots weren't dropping, they were crashing the glass with this reckless abandon. And they did a great job of that, even though the Raptors also couldn't uh, capitalize on the transition side of things. So they, they just did a great job, like at all aspects of the game is basically what I'm saying. And, and when their second unit guys came in, it, it got even stronger. I mean, Clarkson is, I mean, Clarkson got to be the best bench player in the league. Like, I might have to think harder on that one, but off the top of my head, Clarkson has at worst a top three bench player. He's awesome. Every time he comes off the bench, he's just like you, you've just seen another essentially star level player enter the game. Um, but Walker Kessler has been excellent defensively. Like Walker Kessler has burned the Raptors all four times that he has seen them, um, and the Jazz have won all four meetings against the Raptors in the last two seasons. Um, and yeah, Walker Kessler has been a huge part of that. Coming in the game, protecting the rim, changing shots. I mean, it wasn't until Scotty started trying so hard to dunk on him in the second half that Walker was actually having to give up some fouls. But I mean, at that point, it didn't even matter. And also, Scotty had a weird night shooting the foul shots, five of eleven from the field or from the free throw line. But Walker had an amazing, amazing job just rip- protecting the basket. And because the Jazz were running so many off-ball actions, you know, because their one-on-one scores are so lethal, Raptors tried to zone, they tried man-to-man, they tried switching their assignments, they tried switching the starting lineup second half, they started without R.J. Barrett, and they started without Thad Young, they started with Gary and uh, Jonte Porter. None, nothing mattered, like nothing mattered. Pascal, Red Hawk from three, five of six from three, doesn't matter. Um, Scotty Barnes, you know, carrying a lot of the scoring to start the second quarter, doesn't matter. Uh, just, yeah, the, the jazz just carved them apart in a way that honestly didn't even feel, you know, bad as just, you just kind of sat back and you're like, just enjoying the execution on the other end. I mean, it sucks that it came against the Raptors, but I, I, I don't think a lot of teams could have coped with what Utah did here tonight. Like the way they played was just so impressive. I cannot say that. And I cannot repeat that enough times. Um, and yeah, credit to them. Like they've, they've beaten the nuggets before this, they beat the bucks right before this, they beat the Sixers right before this. And none of them were like narrow games that, you know, they, they won it at the buzzer or something. They beat the Sixers by 11. They beat the bucks by 16 and they beat the nuggets by 13. What's impressive to me is not just what they do on offense, which is already quite good. Like they might run so they run so many off ball actions. They got so many shooters. It just feels like the whole team is aggressive. Like you can't lock down on one guy. Maybe you can ignore like a couple of guys in the starting five, maybe Chris Dunn and maybe John Collins, even though those guys can store. It's not like they're like complete uh, nothings offensively. But like when guys come in the game, they're just like there's so many guards. They swing the ball. They move the ball quickly. Their off ball screening is good. It, it's firm. It forces switches or it forces guys to communicate and they don't communicate. They throw daring passes like, you know, even if Mike Markin is level with Pascal after he rejected the screen and try to go down back door, even if he's level, a guy like Keontae George will still throw the lob to the basket and, and, and for Markin to make the play like. Things like that. They were really, really aggressive, and, and execution was great. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I think the other thing too is just defensively. Like you, you, when you look at this team on paper, you wouldn't really say that this is like a good defensive team. You just, you know, I mean, the personnel, like, okay, they're starting Markinen at five and Fontecchio at, at three and John Collins at two, like that's, or at, at four, like it's not really a, that strong of a defensive group, but they do have good point of attack defense and Colin Sexton and Chris Dunn. Those guys love to compete and get into the ball. Um, but they help and communicate with each other quite well. They're constantly junking up the middle of the lane, so they're always having extra bodies. That's part of the reason why the Raptors shot well from three is because they were sending extra help in the lane. But, I mean, it doesn't matter what you shoot from three if you only make six twos in a half. Just, you're not, you're not going to get enough done. And um, the second unit was even better. Walker Kessler coming off that bench, you know, he kind of single-handedly can carry the defense just by being at the rim. But also the Jazz accentuate his usefulness by always stashing him on a non-shooter, or even if he even if he was against Jonte, just ignoring him from three, um, keeping his live body around the basket, you know, if needed to zone. But honestly, the Jazz were doing a good enough job defensively that they didn't even need to to, to switch it up too many times. They can just kind of roll with their base coverages, and yeah, the Raptors just struggle with it to an immense degree. Like R.J. Barrett had, I mean, we've been praising R.J. Barrett. Everyone's been enjoying R.J. Barrett. Came into this game first half didn't have a single point, like he 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 won 0 for seven in the first half. It, it's actually quite ironic, and I don't think that Melo was necessarily right about this. That being Carmelo Anthony, but you know he won on his podcast uh, with the kid Marrow, 7 p.m. in Brooklyn. Actually, a really great pod. I, I love that one. But they were talking about um, RJ and whatever. It wasn't like the most like flattering conversation. I'm sure a lot of Raptor fans don't necessarily want to hear, but still, I mean, we're talking about a former Nick and also somebody who's a Nick fan talking about a guy who played in New York for a long time. So they got, they got a, you know, long, good look at him. So I do value their opinion. Um, and one of the things Melo said was like, you don't know if RJ can give you 26 points or four points on any given night. And I don't think that's necessarily true. Like, I think there is a more consistency baked into, um, what RJ Barrett does. Um, offensively, like it's not that much of a big shift, but yeah, I mean, after coming into this game with a 70% true shooting, uh, since joining the Raptors, RJ Bear finished with four points and, uh, ironically his last game before that was 24. So it's, it's exact. I I don't agree with Melo's point, but for this one, the timing of it could not have been better because, uh, he almost basically called it. It was a difficult time though. And RJ, I think his, his problems, typified the Raptors problems as a whole was that they try to get downhill but the Jazz stacked multiple bodies and always had somebody in the way like always had somebody in the way and you can always say you can make a swing pass here here and there whatever but like ultimately you kind of need to get downhill and score at the basket like that's what quickly does really or that's what RJ does really well that's definitely what Scotty does well and Pascal does well you're gonna need those guys and and they just couldn't get anything at the rim and RJ missed so many short layups and he was just frustrated with himself. Had to commit a couple of fouls as well. It wasn't great. Quickly, I thought, you know, they can get him more and more looks, I feel like. It just doesn't feel like I'm ever coming out of the game with like, oh, quickly gave me everything or he emptied the clip. Like, it's it's mostly he's operating off ball and, and maybe curling and getting open. I, I like, the, for example, the first play of the game, Scotty Barnes had a big block in the corner. Great rotation. Uh, and then quickly comes up the floor, picks up his dribble, notices that nobody's around him, and he's on the logo, and he pulls from the logo, and he instantly drops that. And he was 3-3 three three from 3. My only issue is there's there's no scenario where Emmanuel quickly should only take 3-3s three for the Raptors. Like, I don't care uh, what's going on. Him only taking 3-3s three in a game is a failure. 
of the team. Like they need to get him six, seven, eight, nine three point attempts per game. He's that type of scorer. And for quickly, I think look, you know, he's probably gonna need to shoot more pull up threes as well. I mean, right now without a rolling center, right? Because Thad Young is kind of the center right now. Without a rolling center like Yak, um, you know, I, I don't think that there's as much of a threat for the defense to focus on uh the roller and so a lot of times they're showing double teams on quickly or they're lifting their big quite high and, and they're okay if Thad Young slips behind because they not he's not gonna finish. So um you know there's maybe not as many opportunities to pull up from three, but still ultimately I just don't feel like quickly's used to just there. Um and he doesn't even have the ball all that much. You know, tonight, for example, the Raptors only had 25 assists, which I technically guess that does continue their 25 assist streak to 21 games, which is cool. But like the starting lineup, two assists for Thad, two assists for Pascal, three assists for Scotty, two assists for RJ and zero for quickly. Like that doesn't make any sense, especially on a night where the Raptors actually shot the three decently. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just don't think I think that zero for quickly is an indication that he just didn't get the ball enough, man. And well, whatever. It's not like that would have changed the game. I don't think anything would have changed the game the way the Jazz played tonight. I'm serious. They play like a title contender the way they executed. Um, and obviously they're not a title contender, but still that's the way they played. And I want to give them that credit, but yeah, um, a lot of guys struggled getting downhill. Um, Dennis Schroeder, for example, four of nine, um, and he, seven of those attempts were threes. He was largely spacing it out, but he couldn't really finish when he got downhill, got blocked by Kessler one time. Pascal, you know, he tried to get downhill a couple of times and he drew a couple of fouls. You know, he was able to score some and ones, but ultimately, even when he tried to go at Kessler, he was blocked a couple of times. Um, so yeah, I mean, I thought Scotty probably had maybe the most success getting downhill. I mean, he scored four twos, which is, I suppose, tied with McDaniels coming off the bench. But though McDaniels basically only played garbage time. So, I mean, he played garbage time, but he also got 15 points, mostly on drive. So, um, okay. But still like, um, during the actual bulk of the game, Scotty was the one who could get downhill a little bit more. And the thing is, he just couldn't make foul shots. Like the jazz also were like, okay, no easy baskets. I'm gonna block you. And foul you if I need to. And then, yeah, Scotty went 5-11 from the foul line. Again, none of this changes anything, really. But um, still, just a tough, tough night, man. And, uh, you know, Pascal getting hot from three um, over the course of the game, making a couple threes in the third quarter, uh, back-to-back at one point. He finishes 27 points to lead the Raptors. But, you know, <laughs> he needed to have, like, 57 for the Raptors to win the game. Like, it was that type of game. Um, and I can't believe I'm saying that about the Utah Jazz, but they, this is like the most impressive beatdown I've seen from any team against the Raptors all season. And it's top down. It's not like one guy got hot or the Raptors couldn't consistently guard one play. Like, no, they just consistently were doing so well. And it, it got to the point where the Jazz were so effective on these off-ball screens. I'm like, the Raptors' best defense against them is to overplay the pass and gamble. Honestly, like gamble and try to pick off the pass. And that actually worked decently for a little bit, but obviously that's not going to be enough to make an actual comeback. It's, it's like a gimmick rather than something like sustainable. They just didn't have it. And and you can blame all the two. You can blame last game of the road trip. I'm sure those things don't help. Um, you can blame not having Jakoperto. I mean, I don't know. Who is Jakoperto guarding the starting five? For real. Like John Collins maybe? But is that going to change anything for you? No. And they're going to put him in pick and rolls and force him to get to the perimeter and then blow by him. Like, you know... Yeah, he's an upgrade over Thad, but I think matchup-wise, it's not going to work here. By the way, Thad also had five personal fouls in 12 minutes. Pace of the game just wasn't, you know, there for him. Like, he can play a slower-paced game. Like the Clippers play a slower-paced game. You know, Thad can hang in that one. Lakers, you know, Thad can hang in that one. 
you go up and down, up and down with the Utah Jazz, man, your leg's going to be dead really quickly. Um, so just a tough night overall. I guess the only last thing I really wanted to highlight was uh, the play of Jonte Porter. I mean, he just – maybe it's just because, like, we're not expecting all that much, and so anything he does feels, like, really, really strong. But I don't know. I think that's almost, like, you know, undercutting his performances. I think, you know, out of all the guys on the team, Jonte Porter – was right up there with Scotty Barnes for who got the most stops. Um, you know, Scotty was able to c- come in for some great blocks. Um, there's Scotty even has Scotty gets blocks from different angles. Like you know, he'll block corner threes, for example. Um, he will uh, rotate over and get you the standard sort of rotate over kind of block. Um, he will almost get he will almost intentionally sometimes get beat by his man and then they'll try to throw up a floater like they think that they got the space to and then scotty will quick elevate stretch and block that volleyball style um you know it it, there's a lot of stuff he got some standing blocks sometimes as well but yeah i mean john tate does a great job with the contest i mean he had a number of great stops against colin sexton's driving against him in the third quarter there John T getting the you know promoted to starting. I mean, honestly, especially without um Jakob, he is their second most effective center. And he continues to show that he looks comfortable. Like there's no lift. Like he's not, not gonna dunk on a guy on, uh, as a center. And so that probably means that he needs to have more finesse around the basket and finish more of those little floaters and jump hooks. Uh, and then also score some more of his threes. He was one of four. But there's a there's a there's a good I don't know. He clearly knows how to, the right way to play. He's not taking bad shots. Um, you know, he's tough enough to grab rebounds and stuff like that. I mean, I think he probably tops out on an average rebounder for uh, his position. But, you know, you'll take average off the bench any day. And then the passing is really nice. Like, he led the Raptors in assists with six. He also had two steals and two blocks. So, I, I think Jonte, yeah, 31 minutes, it, it, he's got to be thrilled. I mean, as a two-way player, you know, you've, we've seen the two-way players for the Raptors recently, right? It's like... Uh, who was a two-way guy like Ron Harper Jr. Uh, two-way guy, Jeff Down Jr. Two-way guy, like Utah Watanabe, two-way guy. Um, you know Paul Watson. Like a lot of these guys don't even pan out, or if they even give you anything in the game, you're pretty happy. Like Jonte actually looks like more than those guys. Like he looks better than a Utah to me. He looks better than you know Jeff Down Jr. for me. Like he's actually playing and giving you skill with some good defense um, at the center position. Like, that's not easy. To, that's not easy or that's not nothing, you know? Like, Jonte gave me the kind of feeling that I'm like, yo, the Utah Jazz could have played Jonte today. Um, now, what a statement that is. But, I mean, like, a really good high-functioning team could use him. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm buying. I'm buying what I'm seeing here. So, it's unfortunate, man. They, they just... <laughs> They just ran into a buzzsaw. Like, there's nothing. You can't even be mad about it. The Jazz just played that well on both ends. And uh, thankfully, the Raptors don't see them ever again, at least this season, because they just continue to wash the Raptors every single time. They see each other. Also, man, I can't believe I picked the Raptors to win this one. That was uh, my bad. I'm sorry, man. We re- I really missed the mark by 32 points. Unbelievable. You can't get more wrong than what I just said. So, anyway, your three stars from tonight's performance. Uh... Three is a big number. I'm going to give Scott. Ah, I mean, I don't, yeah, Scotty, I'll give the first star. Pascal, second star. Jonte, the third star. Gerald Henderson Award uh, for whoever killed the Raptors. Um, I'm going to give it to Walker Kessler. Um, I thought defensively he made a huge impact, but you could easily give this to Simone Fantecchio. Uh, you could easily give this to. 
even Ochai Baji, I thought, had a nice game for them. Two-way effort. Keontae George made some tough buckets. I know, I know a lot of people complain about Keontae versus Grady Dick. Trust me, I, I'd complain too if that's your pick on draft leading up to draft night, which for a lot of people it was. Keontae and Kobe Bufkin were literally the two most popular picks that I've seen on the timeline, that I've seen from other people analyzing. Those were my two favorite picks for that 13th spot. They took Grady. I understand why they took Grady, but I also understand why people will be upset uh, that someone else is producing. And, and Keontae is very talented. I like his game a lot, so whatever. Um, you know, have an argument, but also it's the weekend. Uh, try to enjoy your time. Uh, if you haven't already, go check out the Raptor show from today. We sent off Alex in style. We also then sent <laughs> we also then send him off in style in a different way. Um, at uh, at Hong Ching later this uh, evening. So, if my energy sounds a little bit low, it's probably because of that. Uh, I've been uh I've been out as they say, but. Still was able to make it back in time um, to, to catch this game. And uh, what a sobering feeling that was to leave a party full of people uh, with a lot, of, a lot of love in the room and, and a lot of great times to to come home to to see the Raptors lose by 32 to the Utah Jazz. But, hey, you can't really, you know, anticipate these things. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's just not a great performance. It happens. So thanks everyone for listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe. And we will be back on the Raptors show next week.